I'm Jamie Mo Crazy, and you're listening to Life Gets Mo Crazy, where we'll hear from people who either been through a trauma or helped someone else through it. Listen and learn strategies you can implement in your life so when a metaphorical avalanche slides you down the mountain of life, you can climb an alternative peak with the best view. We are here today with Mike Shaw, a University of British Columbia Okanagan alumnus. He's an accomplished coach, comes from a decorated background in freestyle skiing. All of a sudden, his life became a little bit mo crazy when in 2013, a severe accident forced him to give up the support and career that he loved. Since that fateful day, Mike has taken what he has learned and started to climb an alternative peak, helping others along the process. Mike is now an entrepreneur, author, keynote speaker. He is the co-founder of Head Start Pro Performance Training and a subject matter expert in performance coaching and injury prevention. He's developed strategies to help people achieve their full potential and excel in the face of adversity. Mike's story has been documented on Red Bull TV, CBS, NBC, CTV, Global TV, City TV, and YouTube. His TEDx talk has reached thousands of people and continues to help those facing challenging times, which seems pretty appropriate for Life Gets Mo Crazy. In Mike's keynotes and workshops, he shares gracious perspectives that will motivate you and leave you with an unforgettable learning experience. Well, I actually met Mike Shaw when he was building that decorated background in freestyle skiing. And I was a freestyle skier as well. We would actually both go. I would go from Utah. He'd go to Canada to early season shredding in Colorado. We'd have the Dutour competition and we were shredding and hanging out at the bars. (laughs) And then all of a sudden in 2013, his life became mo crazy. And I remember it was all over the news and anyone who was a skier totally knew all about his injury. And then in 2015, my life became a little bit more crazy. So both of us have gone through similar experiences of our life getting turned upside down and having to climb an alternative peak. So I am so honored and excited to have Mike here today. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk about motivating yourself. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm so stoked on uh, the the message and the this show is is fantastic. I'm so glad you're doing it, and no doubt your audience is uh, reaping the benefits of it. So I'm just grateful to be here and be part of it. Thanks. So I mentioned about your injury. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about it. So in 2013, you had a severe accident. What happened? Yeah, it was December 16th, 2013. At the time, 
like you said, I was down in Colorado and I was, I was coaching a group of up and coming competitors in half pipe at a world cup at uh, copper mountain. And we'd finished official training and I was just skiing with the, with the gang and helping some of the athletes keep their mind off the contest. And I performed a routine trick one I'd done a thousand times. And I just landed in some punchy snow, even though I landed on my feet, it pitched me forwards quickly on my head, basically a neck and my feet came over top like a scorpion tail. And then just this like, boom, this brief pop and sharp pain in my neck. And then I was tumbling downhill and nothing. I, I slid to a stop face down in the snow and I couldn't move. I couldn't feel anything below my neck. And it occurred to me immediately that I'd had this brief but sharp pain in my neck. Then that nothing, no sensation, I just broke my neck. And not only that, I can't feel or move anything. I'm paralyzed. I was a quadriplegic laying there and my life just, my whole world came crashing down figuratively and literally it was, it was really traumatic, but I got, I, I mean, I was lucky. I had athletes come to my side. I had people there to support me who uh, was a bit of a role reversal in that situation. They were taking care of me and they got me shipped off to Denver where I had surgery and they fused my neck and it was successful and ultimately a catalyst for me being able to uh, go through a pretty extensive recovery process. And um, yeah, that's kind of where this, this, this story really begins, right? Was in the aftermath of the crash. So at the time of the trauma, you would say that support, like receiving different forms of support was extremely helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having support in the wake of any kind of trauma, and it doesn't matter if it's something as significant as like uh, bodily trauma where you break your neck or have another kind of physical ailment, or if it's something where you're going through emotional distress, or maybe it's the stress of financial um, pressures and stuff like that. Finding people, reaching out and getting support is important. Luckily, I had uh, I had lots of people that were sending support my way. And I think we really do truly understand the power of community and that we're loved by a lot of people when we go through challenges, because there are a lot of people that come out of the woodwork and they did for me anyway, where they were there to help pick me up. But I definitely say like, yeah, for anybody who's going through anything really traumatic and challenging, reach out, try to find other people like you too, that have been there, done that because the roadmap so often is it's someone's already uh, walked it or someone's already walked the path. So you can try to find people like that, that can support you who've, who've done it before. You don't have to learn it all on your own. Find people who've done it before for your support. That's some great advice. So then what's the next step? So you're in the hospital, you're getting surgery, and then you start to recover. Take us through the early stages of recovery. Yeah, so I was in the hospital for three months, which was um, quite a short window of time, actually, for how serious my accident and my injury was they, they, the specialist suggested I could be there for up to 12 months, a year in the hospital to, to relearn, to 
be have any sort of independence or and whatnot but because my body was changing so much and i know that my situation's highly unique for anyone who's had a spinal cord injury because ultimately that's what i injured was my spinal cord but i um I ended up having a remarkable recovery and there weren't many people that had walked the path like that before me because most people don't walk away from a spinal cord injury. So I did find people like me eventually, but, um, yeah, in the early days, it was a matter of understanding that a step backwards because you're, I was sort of steadily making progress, but then we all have setbacks too. And those setbacks can be quite defeating but if you're climbing out of the valley bottom and you're trying to find your new mountain peak and um, it's, it's challenging and it can be dark when you're down there in the, in the valley, like some, especially if the valley bottom is quite low. And I, uh, I ended up just realizing that even the setbacks, the steps backwards were still a step forwards because I never stopped working towards the mountain peak setting goals and choosing where you want, where you see yourself ending up or where, you know, things aren't working out right now. It just means they're not finished yet. Cause they're always going to work out. And when they work out, what does that look like for you? Knowing what that new mountain peak looks like and, and setting an objective and, uh, and setting a goal that helps because you just never lose sight of that goal. And for me, my goal was to get back, on my feet, get back to sport. I wanted to run again. I, I even wanted to ski again after a full uh, quadriplegic neck injury. And so I just kept that in sight and in mind. And every time that I experienced a setback, I just went, well, this is the next step I need to take. And it's an opportunity to learn and grow and level up to be where I need to be to be back on top. I know how challenging it can be to sometimes take steps and have these growth goals in your mind that you really want to achieve. And I think it helps to set attainable goals on the way. So like you were mentioning, it's all about taking steps. And even if you take a step back, that's part of the process. And for me, because I had a lot of cognitive disabilities after my brain injury, I would, when I was having a really bad day and my car couldn't start or I was like super frustrated or something was happening beyond the brain injury stuff, my mom would say, well, aren't you lucky that you can have a bad day? And I was like so frustrated, but then I would accept that, yes, I was lucky that I could have a bad day. Like your setbacks, you're actually lucky to experience those setbacks because that means you're still living. You still have a life. You still have a goal. You still have a place you want to get to. So you just keep climbing and climbing and you'll just keep overcoming those setbacks. That's a pretty incredible wisdom from Fruit. I love that. Just lucky to have a bad day. Yeah. Go mama fruit. I mean, we're not guaranteed it, right? Like tomorrow is not a given. You know, I, I one thing that my accident put in perspective was my my mortality and, and how fragile life is. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And tomorrow may not be the same as it was today. If today's good, there's nothing saying that tomorrow is going to be good too. If today's bad, there's nothing saying that tomorrow has to be bad too, though, right? Thing, things can change. But I, I do in that sort of context of what your mom was saying, like, you're lucky to have a bad day. Like I, I feel like I'm on borrowed time already. Like every day is a gift 
That's why I celebrate my birthdays extra hard now because another trip around the sun is definitely worth celebrating. But the uh, the idea that um, we can sort of <clears throat> have that perspective day in, day out where, because everybody gets out of bed on the wrong side. Everybody gets, has, you know, bad days. But I think those days are the ones that really remind me of how lucky I am to be quite honest, they're almost like my trigger. So when I get out of bed on the wrong side of the bed and it feels hard and I might waver, I might even stumble and walk into the wall because I can't find my balance quite properly. And I'm reminded immediately of my spinal cord injury and it could easily get me down. But every single time, I swear it reminds me of how lucky I am just to be able to get out of bed. And that's something that just doesn't show up on a blip when there's a blip on the radar of what most people think they're taking for granted, you know, or, or, or where, uh, where our, our mindset is in those moments, it's usually pretty negative, but, um, it's also an opportunity to feel grateful. I don't know. You, you probably can, can relate And anybody who is, who's listening, who's gone through a challenge, like maybe you can reframe your challenge, reframe your trauma to be the reminder of everything that you have to be grateful for. I agree with that. And I think it's really important to focus on loving your current self and your current life. Like you mentioned, we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you know, I'm very ambitious and I don't like to sit still ever. And so sometimes for me, what I struggle with is having all these grand ideas and plans and getting frustrated that they're not happening yet. And so I remind myself to really focus on what I currently love about my life, my current accomplishments. Sometimes it's taking your dog out. Sometimes it's making something nice for dinner. Just little things that you know you can do that day and just recognize an enjoyment of the life that you're living and the opportunity you get to be breathing. Yeah, it's easy to lose sight of the little things that can bring so much joy. If you're mindful of the moment and the things that, uh, the little things, like for me, here's a, for instance, it was three weeks to the day after my accident that I, uh, I brushed my teeth for the first time on my own. And I mean, on my own, I, that's maybe a little bit of a stretch. I had somebody holding a bucket in front of my face because I was in a neck brace. I couldn't lean over the sink. I didn't have the core muscles to actually lean my upper body forwards and then sit back in my chair. So I couldn't get over the uh, the sink, even though it was a wheelchair accessible sink. And somebody had to work the taps for me. But I actually was able to like lobster claw grip. I didn't have finger dexterity, but I could lobster claw grip my toothbrush that was, uh, they had attached a big rubber grip to it. So it was easier to, to handle, but I was able to move the toothbrush back and forth at the very least. And then I used my tongue to guide the brush around to each individual molar. So I could do, you know, a proper job of brushing my teeth. And as I was finishing up, it, it caught me by surprise, but I started crying and I started having tears running down my face. And I remember sitting there and my mom was there, my brother was there and then, and the nurse who was helping me. And I went, I'm so lucky that I can do this one thing because that one little bit of independence to me meant that like I could 
own that moment. And that was something where I didn't need help. And it was like one of the first steps to me regaining my independence after my trauma, after my accident. And I look at that now and it goes, it seems so trivial. Most to most people brushing their teeth is a massive inconvenience. It's like we're flossing at the, for sure. It's like nobody's looking forward to doing that. It's one of those jobs during the day that you just do because you have to. But all of a sudden when it was taken away to me, it was like such a gift. Right. And I don't think you need to go through a trauma like you or I have experienced to, um, sort of practice that mentality. It's something that can be learned. It's not a like a, a cliff edge situation where you have to fall from the top to the bottom to understand that perspective. You can cultivate it over time. It just takes a bit of effort and certainly being mindful of the moment. Yeah. And this is connected to a mindset that Mama Fruit raised me with to be your own personal best. And as a child, I really understood the be the best <laughs> part of it. And I started competing and I always wanted to be the best. So I was very into like winning and being on stage and things like that. And then after my accident, I really understood the be your own personal best. And it's exactly what you were talking about with your toothbrush. One day, my personal best was doing a double flip at X Games. The next day my personal best was swallowing water or passing Rosetta Stone, which is a language learning app. I was studying in English, my native language, and I failed seven times. And when I passed, I was so excited. And for an adult, passing the first level of Rosetta Stone in just about any language is pretty easy stuff. So for me to do it, it's trivial like brushing your teeth, but that excitement you get from doing your own personal best in every activity that you're doing every day makes it so that you can have a remarkable recovery like you did and you can climb so high. It's just amazing. And speaking of you climbing so high, something that can help you along the way is if you're a grant recipient for different types of companies. And one company that you happen to be a grant recipient, and I am as well, we're both called athletes, which are grant recipients for High Fives Athletes. So let's talk about that for a second and how you got involved. Yeah, I'd love to. The High Fives Foundation is an absolute gift. How did you get involved? I mean, I... Your years was right after your accident. Mine was some years. I think you you told me that offline, but my uh, my introduction to high fives came from a guy named Josh Duick, who was a mentor in my whole recovery situation from spinal cord injury. Josh was my freestyle ski coach when he had an, a skiing accident and broke his back and was paralyzed from the waist down and. He did uh, not walk away from the accident like I was fortunate enough to do, but he he skied away from it in a sit ski and took the world by storm, won gold at the Paralympics, first person to backflip the sit ski, ended up on the Ellen DeGeneres show, absolute legend, and he's still one of my best friends. And uh, <clears throat> at the 
time he said, or sometime after my accident, he said, Hey, you got to look up the high fives foundation. These guys are phenomenal and link you up with Roy Tuscany, another skier who had a uh, quadriplegic neck injury. And he ended up walking away from it too. But anyway, got connected with these guys and realized that it's just an Ohana there. It's uh, which Ohana is Hawaiian, it's family. And it was this community of people that were injured outside doing sport, either a traumatic brain injury, a spinal cord injury, or, uh, or some military veterans certainly are part of the part of that crew, but they, their mission is to get people back to the mountains and back to, to sport either with, uh, an adaptation, like adaptive gear, whatever. That's what the grants are for. And the grants, uh, I got a gear grant to help me get back to, uh, backcountry skiing which was super super rad so anyway that's a long story short of connecting with high fives they're the best they are the best and something that they promote which seems so simple and important but you can live a life you love a life you want to be living regardless of any deficits or damages that have happened to you well as you pointed out with your with your friend He's on a sit ski, which is a, a ski that you, you sit down and you get to go skiing and you get to, it's in a, you're in a little seated position and you slide around. And so he gets to do phenomenal things and he got to be on Ellen. That's cool. And so the point is, is that he created a life that he wanted to live with a change in his ability. So just because you have a huge traumatic change happen to your life does not mean you cannot create a life you love. Whatever happens, whatever you're missing arms, you're missing legs, Anything that happens, you can create a life you love if you think about it creatively and you see what opportunities you have to climb that alternative peak. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So much of this comes down to perspective. Like following trauma, and again, trauma looks different for different people, but what's consistent with trauma for everyone and exactly the same is that it's hard. I mean, what's hard is hard, right? What's hard for you might not be hard for me. What's hard for me might be a complete and utter walk in the park for you. You never know what someone's going through until you walk them on their shoes. But the, the thing that's consistent for everybody is that trauma is challenging. And in the wake of disaster, the, and you're in the valley bottom, you got to try to find your mountain peak how you choose to look at your situation is so critical and everybody has a a negativity bias right so when you're in the valley bottom and it's dark and it's gloomy heck you might even be in the lowest valley you've ever been in and i believe that there's balance right low bit like the highest mountain peaks are accompanied by pretty low valley bottoms but if you ever find yourself in a valley bottom that's lower than you feel like you've ever been in terms of being on top of the mountain peak, like you're, it's disproportionately low. You're at the bedrock. You're pounding your fists on the, the gates of hell. It's, it's really counterintuitive to look around for opportunities for positivity or reasons. It's just when it's that dark gratitude is not something you just default to you default to the darkness and the negativity and it's it's honestly quite easy to be stuck there i had a lot of long dark lonely nights in the hospital where i was left alone with my thoughts and had some uh 
some thoughts that were not serving me very well. And it was really challenging, but getting through those periods was, uh, for me, what helped me get through was choosing my perspective and choosing to look for opportunities to feel grateful. Like the fact that I could brush my teeth on my own or that anything in my body, if it was like coming back or changing or anything, or the fact that I was in, uh, in uh, North America when I got hurt and I had good access to good health care and I was safe and secure and things like that. So I'd focus on those things to find gratitude, which w- which is, it's not fluffy optimism. It's not blissful positivity. It's real. When you feel grateful for something, that level of authenticity actually affects your physiology and gives you energy and motivation. It's the, it's the bridge between stuck, just merely surviving and thriving. So for me, choosing that perspective of being like, I'm lucky and feeling thankful, gratitude compels you to do your best not from a basis of performance or wanting to achieve like the gold medal or something like that, but from a place of understanding the gifts which you've been given in life and doing your best from that standpoint, that basis. It's incredibly powerful. For me, gratitude was just, and and perspective, I think they go hand in hand because I would choose a perspective of gratitude time and time again. I think that it was the, ultimately the catalyst that catapulted my recovery. That was the way that I got better was practicing gratitude and defaulting to that mindset and that perspective. I love how you pointed out real gratitude, genuine gratitude. I was at a national speakers association meeting last night and the speaker was talking Marilyn Sherman. She's fantastic. She was actually my roommate at a speaking boot camp we went to. Um, but she was saying to focus because a lot of the speakers have been severely impacted because of COVID. And think of what you're actually grateful for. Like, don't don't make something up. Don't say what you think other people want to hear. Don't Don't say fluff pieces, but really think and look inside of you and like, what are you grateful for? And I think that's so beneficial. Like genuinely, what are you grateful for? I mean, the application is so vast, right? I I learned in a unique manner because I was dealt such a significant blow physically, mentally, and emotionally after my accident. Like I was leveled in all three of those domains, but physically I was seeing incremental changes that were positive, like I was healing. And so I got hit over and over and over again with these waves of gratitude for that, which overflowed into the uh, the mental and emotional buckets. Like I was, I was ex- experiencing the benefits of gratitude day in, day out, because it was changing my mental state. It was changing my emotional state. It was changing my physical state. And it's, it truly is, um, affects your physiology. But um, and it was authentic. I didn't have to work for it. Some people, you know, like you can, you can say thank you for something, but, um, it is important to mean it like you say, but here's it. I just showed you like a really profound 
um, example of gratitude in my recovery with like being triggered when I would get out of bed and stuff like that. That's not going to work for everybody, but something that can work for absolutely anybody is, uh, is an exercise you can do every single day at night to finish your day. So when you're drifting off to sleep and 2020 was a tough year, the pandemic has created this sort of like collective consciousness that involves stress. Like everybody's been stressed out or felt some level of uncertainty last over the last sort of, you know, since March last year, 2021 is looking up, but we still have these challenging nights. And if you've ever had a time where it was hard for you to drift off to sleep or your mind is racing, you're feeling the weight of the world on your chest, that tightness, it's like that's that level of stress and anxiety. Try this because it'll help. Audit the wins that you had throughout the day. So when you're lying in bed at night, just think of like three to five reasons why you're thankful. And again, reasons why you can be genuinely thankful, something that was good that happened that day and sit with that gratitude for a minute and just feel thankful. All of a sudden, it can turn even our bad days into good days because you, I mean, because of the negativity bias, a lot of the times when we think we're having a bad day, we're just not looking at the whole day. We're looking at like one tough conversation or one setback where we, you know, we're on an upward trajectory, but then we get knocked down again and the trauma comes back or whatever happens. But that whole day could have weighed heavily in the positive but because we're so bought into the, the negativity that that the one negative um, situation or instance could be the reason that we feel like the whole day was bad. But when you do look at it and you kind of do the audit and you assess or tally up your wins throughout the day, we have plenty of reasons to feel thankful. And therefore, you can turn every day, even some of the bad days into into good days. And all of a sudden that weight off your chest lifts, the anxiety kind of drifts away and you just drift off to sleep. It's beautiful. Works for me all the time. And not only that, you're priming yourself because your RAS system is like your filter in your brain for information. But you're, this is the last thing you think about before you go to bed and you're reprogramming your brain right before bed. The next, the following day, you'll be primed and better prepared to look for other opportunities during the day to feel thankful in the moment. It's awesome. Gratitude, yeah. Gratitude is, is profound. I agree with gratitude is so profound. And as you mentioned, it's challenging for a lot of people to feel gratitude. And you just wrote a book. So what book is that? Yeah, in the first few months of 2020, I wrote a book called Never Part of the Plan, a story of courage, resilience, gratitude. And um, it kind of chronicles my my story, but gives some actual practical uh, mindset tools to help people overcome adversity and achieve their full potential. And I published it right at the start of COVID, which ended up being kind of appropriate, being that the book is called Never Part of the Plan. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's something I'm really, really proud of and happy that it's helping people. That's amazing. And I've loved chatting with you. I feel like if, if the audience is anything like me, I'm just like 
so excited and just got stimulated and so motivated. And I'm like, wow, you've done so many cool things. And like everything you say is just so interesting. So thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm so glad I got to talk with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. That absolutely flew by. So I appreciate it so much, Jamie. Appreciate you and what you're doing. And thanks everybody for listening.